and welcome back to the second part of Sacred Space on West Limerick 102. Uh, my name is Shane Ambrose and I'm joined on the programme this morning by John Keeley. So we are delighted to welcome back to the programme this morning uh, Rose O'Connor from the Limerick Diocesan Office. Good morning, Rose. How are things? Good morning, Shane. I'm good, thanks. Good, thank you. How are you? Bad, not all. Now, people might remember Rose was on the programme a couple of, is it two years ago, Rose, at this stage, when you went off yes, to... Yes, it would have been, yeah. Yes. As one of the uh, Troca representatives representing uh, the Limerick, Limerick Diocese. But you have a newer role, uh, Rose. Uh, you are now the pastoral implement, part of the pastoral implementation team, I think is how it's described. That's right, yes, yeah, yeah. Oh. I um, joined the Diocesan team, yeah, in uh, September 2017. And right. I suppose essentially my role is to manage the implementation of the pastoral plan that came out of the Synod, which you, you remember. Mm hmm. And as many of our listeners will, will as well. So this morning, <coughs> this morning we asked Rose to come on the program. It's just a quick short uh, and quick chat with us, because as listeners will be aware, <clears throat> ba uh, back in December we had an interview with Bishop Brendan about the introduction of the team ministry and pastoral units across Limerick Diocese. This was introduced on uh, effective from the second of December two thousand and eighteen, and. At the beginning of February, the diocese issued uh, guidelines for team ministry and pastoral units. So that's what we asked Rose to come on for this morning, just to highlight to people what exactly those guidelines cover, what they entail, and I suppose next steps that pastoral units will be undertaking so that people are aware of what's going on around the diocese. So Rose, the guidelines were issued on the 4th of February. So what exactly do they cover? Well, essentially, I suppose you, you have kind of the background to how we came about with this team ministry mm -hmm. proposal and where we got to where we are now. So mm -hmm. what came out from the various workshops that we held, because we, we had two, three series of consultations throughout all of last year, is that people wanted clarity around roles and functions and, um, you know, all that kind of information. So we said that we would put together some guidelines. And I suppose for me, an important word is guidelines. They're not rules, they're guidelines so they're to help people to, to shape, um, you know, their, their own efforts in, in their pastoral units. So essentially, in terms of the contents of the guidelines, they cover like a definition of what is a pastoral unit, because that's a, quite a, an important aspect of the, the whole team ministry thing of parishes working together in par pastoral units. It also covers the um, roles of the moderator and the co-parish priest. And I mm -hmm. suppose that's quite a big step forward for people in that, you know, traditionally the role that would be undertaken by your parish priest is now undertaken by a team of priests. So they basically take on that role collectively as a team. Mm -hmm. And then the role of the moderator, obviously, is to, to sort of coordinate them and to, to support them in that way. Um, and so it also then defines, you know, what is the pastoral team, which at the moment would be predominantly the, the co-parish priest would be predominantly making up the pastoral team. But we would hope that would extend to include more lay people as we move forward. And then the pastoral unit council is um, quite an important body, actually, because that is the leadership body for <coughs> the pastoral unit, which is typically made up of three or four parishes. Some are a little bigger, some are a little smaller. Um, but the pastoral unit council actually supersedes the old individual pastor, parish pastoral councils that we'd all be familiar with. But it also supersedes the pastoral area team, which was a previous structure. So it takes on those two roles together, but it's very much a leadership group. So it sets out practical information about what it is, what its function is, um, and it gives a guidance around the membership and the you know the number of people and the type of you know um, skills I suppose that you'd want within that. So it goes through all of that kind of practical information, 
And then what we envisage at the parish level is that each parish would have a local mission group. Some people will call it a local animation group, but there is a local group that's really about implementing on the ground. And so, again, it gives um, information about that. And I suppose it's, it shows how the different you know, roles actually link together. I suppose that would be the, the kind of key part of it. Mm. And I just just in terms of each of those, I suppose, constituent parts, I suppose, just to, to, to just go through one or two of them. In terms of the ones, I suppose, that people will be, I suppose, familiar with, uh, first off, of course, will, of course, be the the whole issue of the moderator and the parish priest. So I suppose it's to re-emphasize to people that we're moving into kind of a new um, arrangement, as we call it, the team ministry, where we just mm-hmm. don't have one parish priest per parish anymore. It'll be a team of parish priests looking after the parishes in a particular um, pastoral unit. And they in, and then on top of that, they are then to assist with that, there is what's called the Pastoral Unit Council. Now, I suppose people might be wondering, well, this Pastoral Unit Council kind of, who, who gets on it or how do people get involved with it or how is that all going to happen? Well, I suppose, I mean, in terms of guidance, we're suggesting that, you know, the membership be probably a minimum of 10 and ideally up to about 15 people. But it, it may vary because some of the pastoral units are actually bigger than others. But really what we're saying is that each of the constituent parishes need to be represented on the pastoral unit council. Mm-hmm. But we're kind of asking people to think about the kind of skill sets that they need, especially if you consider it as a leadership group. Um, so I suppose it's kind of drawing on, you know, what kind of resources are available in each of the parishes and trying to sort of bring the best of, of those together. Mm-hmm. And I suppose for me, one of the important points is that when, it, when you come on your pastoral unit council, you're not there just to represent your parish. You're actually there to, to work as a unit together and to look at the unit as a whole. Mm-hmm. So I suppose it's trying to maybe get people into that mindset of thinking of the, the unit rather than their traditional individual parishes. You know, they're, they're actually looking at the, the good of the whole, like when they, mm-hmm. when they actually take on that role. I suppose if I could use a rugby analogy, rather than playing for one of the provinces, you're now playing for the Irish panel. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> yeah. one. Actually, yeah. Yeah, you know that. You yeah. know, we all we all support we all support our local we all support our local province. But when when the green jersey goes on, uh, that we you know we we all get in behind and push exactly. for the green cause. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So I yeah, no, that's yeah. very good analogy. Yeah. Uh, in terms of I suppose then uh, the, if a person decides you know if a, if a person's put forward I suppose on onto the pastoral unit council. I suppose one of the questions that often comes up is, well, how long are they, how long are, you know, if you like, are they tied into it for? Well, what we're suggesting in the guidance is that they'd be appointed for a five-year term. Now, a lot mm. of these, traditionally, these guidance would say three years, but our kind of experience is three years is very short when you're trying to create something new. So we've suggested, you know, five years would be um, a good guideline for that. And, you know, the idea is that you'd have a changeover of membership, but obviously not everyone leaves after five years and have a completely new group. So the mm. kind of recommendation is that you would stagger that, you know, that you would try and bring new people in. Mm. And, you know, the idea is that if somebody can take a year out and come back again, it doesn't mean that you're you're gone forever. But I suppose it's to try and encourage, you know, new thinking and new people to get involved. And I suppose that's what I would see a major opportunity of um of this uh, this whole movement towards your know, pastoral units and team ministry is that hopefully we can widen the net really in terms of the number, particularly lay people involved. You know, I think mm. that's, that's very important. And in terms of then the lo- what's been called the local mission groups, Rose, this is what's actually, if you like, it's at down at the, 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 the club level, at the parish level, um, uh, in terms of, of, of uh, helping to make sure that parishes themselves are, are maintain their identity and and keep their own cohesion. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, identity is something that came up time and time again in the consultation. It is important, you know, people have a sense of place in relation to their parish. But you know, I suppose if I was to sort of distinguish between the pastoral unit council and the, the local mission group or coordination group, whatever people want to call it locally, is that you know, the, the pastoral unit council is kind of the leadership group that takes a kind of a helicopter view of, of the whole of the pastoral unit. And then the, the local mission groups are very much about implementing. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, if if um, if as a unit, the, the pastoral unit council thought we should look at, you know, um, implementing a funeral team ministry, for example, then the, the implementation will always take part, will actually take place on the ground. And so that's where the local mission group will come in, you know, in terms of identifying people and, and you know, putting them forward for training. And you would hope that the, the mission groups would work across the parishes as well, you know, not just within their own area. But they're, they're the doers, the people that actually, you know, keep everything going in the parish mm. that are actually there week in, week out, you know. One important clarification, I think, which we I think needs to be highlighted to people, which was issued in the in the, the guidelines which was issued by the diocese, is in relation to parish finances. Because I know this has been raised quite a number of times, Rose. It has qua- caused certain people a degree of concern because people don't seem to quite, uh, they, they can't seem to get their, uh, comfortable with the fact that parish finance structures are not changing. And I think it's important that the guidelines also reaffirm that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it is. It is a very big topic. Again, one that came up a lot, you know, as we went around the diocese talking to different um, pastor councils. And I suppose, yes, as you said, the, the parish remains as a legal entity and it accounts for its own finances. So it, it is its own financial entity in that way. But I suppose in terms of the spirit of the, the team ministry, um, you know, the, the, as I mentioned, the the, the role that would be traditionally a single parish priest is now undertaken by a team so that, you know, big decisions that we're saying is that, you know, everyday expenditure and stuff like that is very much a local decision and to be managed locally. But where you're talking about bigger, maybe new projects coming in, then there's, you're saying that they, the team really needs to be in agreement with that and mm-hmm. where they, the, the team of co-parish priests acts in any juridic way, they act through the moderator. That is what the function of the moderator is in that sense. But it's very much a team decision so that let's say, for example, one parish wouldn't decide, you know what, we'll just build a pastoral centre for ourselves. You know, that, you know mm. that if you were to look at something like that, it would be in consultation with the whole of the pastoral unit, maybe to see, you know, is it needed and where would be the best place? So that's things like that, you know, that we're saying really the team would work on that. But you know, parishes will still account for their own finances. That would still be the case. OK, OK. And it's always good just to clarify that again, as there is there, are, there is a quite there was or there is a quite a degree of confusion. Uh, and some people uh, just uh, they, they seem to be slightly confused on that particular issue. I suppose it was just to close things up on it um, and just to thank you for coming on briefly this morning, just to tell us about it. Just looking at the introduction from Bishop Brendan to the guidelines, which are, by the way, if people are looking for them, they are available on the uh, diocese. Yeah. yeah. So he Absolutely, just. Yeah. He, make, he just makes the point that the steps we're taking together are in tune with the phenomenon the world over, uh, that the, there is a realisation that needs to be a greater collaboration and togetherness than before. And he quotes, of course, that great expression of Pope Francis taken from the Apostolic Exhortation Evangelii Gaudium. I dream of a missionary option that is a missionary impulse capable of transforming everything so that the church's customs, way of doing things, times and schedules can be suitably channeled for the evangelization of today's world rather than for her self-preservation. And the Pope reminds us that the renewal of structures 
demanded by pastoral conversion has to be done as part of an effort to make them more mission orientated. And I think that, I suppose, is what the point Bishop Brennan is trying to bring across, that the restructuring that we have in the diocese is to help overall, um, you know, maintain the mission that we have as a community of faith throughout the diocese. Absolutely, yeah. And to empower the laity as well, I think, in, in you know, playing their role in that. Okay. All right, Rose, listen, thank you so much for coming on to discuss that with us this morning. And thank you for just telling us about those guidelines for team ministry and pastoral units. As you said, they're available on the Diocesan website for all those that wish to see. And of course, we would be saying to people is make sure you you know check in with your local parishes to find out exactly what's going on in your local pastoral unit. And of course, now with your uh, local mission group, as they're now called uh, at, the, mm-hmm. at the parish level. Rose, thanks very much. Lovely. Thank you very much. My okay. pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, so just to finish off this uh, second part of the programme this morning, we have a piece of music entitled, maybe appropriately, We Are One Body, and this is from the Integrity Worship Singers. So let's hear this. Sacred Space.